The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. I want you guys to close your eyes. If you are, let's just say, not 30, not 20, maybe you're closer to 40 or 50, and you're thinking, I'm in the middle of my life. This episode is for you because this episode is about reframing midlife. For so long, so many of us have talked about the midlife crisis, which can't stand that term. And all we do is think about the guy in the Porsche or, you know, the woman who has to do all those things, all those stereotypes. But our guest today, Aras Arekul, is here to talk about a different type of midlife. And the name of this episode is Reframing Midlife, Crisis to Calling. And Aras is the Vice President of Programming and Facilitation at the Modern Elder Academy. And Aras, you have been so generous in your time and also in helping so many people to see a different kind of middle of their life and really understand what it is now versus some of the older ideas. And so welcome to the Career Blast and a Half. We're so thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Lauren. Wonderful to be here. So you and I had a conversation not too, too long ago, and what forced my jaw off the floor was when you told me about your backstory. And what I learned is that, you know what? Your career didn't exactly go in a linear progression like so many of us. It started like this, and then it has evolved and ended up where it is now. Can you walk us through a little bit about what you had planned, <laughs> what happened, and where you are now? Yeah. Um <laughs> where to start right it's, it's just like it has it has been a whirlwind and you can only connect the dots looking backwards and so i'm originally from turkey and i grew up wanting to be a surgeon and uh, i finished medical school in turkey got into cardiovascular surgery residency and i was working 100 plus hours a week for the initial boot camp year uh, during which I started having flashes in my eyes. And uh, long story short, I found out that I had a condition that could cause blindness by mid-30s if I didn't change my lifestyle. So I lost 50% sight on both eyes and had to go through immunosuppressive therapy for it to universe, no pun intended, to open my eyes that I wasn't living a healthy lifestyle, and this was not my path. So 
that's how it started. <laughs> that's how it started. And coincidentally, I just today posted something about a Gallup just released a crazy service, crazy set of numbers, a, a stat that I found to be staggering. And what it said, and it was all about well-being, right? So we're in the right place there, was that literally, globally, we are incurring $322 billion of turnover and lost productivity due to employee burnout. Mm. And so for so many of us, you know, the good news or the bad news, depending on the way you look at it, is you were forced to address it. Mm -hmm. But so many of us do not. And mm -hmm. we continue going and going and going and going because we don't think that there are any real ramifications. Mm -hmm. And so here you have this huge, huge, huge like shift in your whole life. And how did you end up moving into the world of Kenyon Ranch and being able to be a part of a whole entire experience that has then evolved into Modern Elder Academy. Hmm. Well, I usually say that I started the life and career journey as skeptic as one gets about things flowing in life in a way uh, that they're meant to be. Uh, and 20 years ago, myself looking forward to this conversation would be rolling my eyes backwards and calling it BS. But how it has evolved was one step at a time. Uh, so let me put it this way. I knew and each part was about centering and listening to what was alive within me and what was the needs of my mind, heart, and dare I say soul in that particular moment. When I had to quit surgery, everyone, including a part of me, was very upset and anxious and uh, like how this was your whole life purpose and you were about to get it and now what are you going to do? And interesting enough, a part of me was feeling get out of jail free card. So this is something that I got to, I would never get to do on my own. But when it happened, it proved to my ego that I wasn't a quitter. I would mm. never, ever have quit it because I'm not a quitter. And yet, when it's not able to happen, there is no there there, then what would you like to do? It really showed me that there's a more balanced way to live. And that balanced way to live included things that were causing all of the uh, heart disease that we were operating on. 80% of uh, roughly what we were operating on due to chronic hypertension and diabetes and lifestyle could have been prevented by healthy lifestyle and early enough interventions. We didn't have to have those surgeries and let alone the repeat surgeries after people receive stents and bypasses. How do they get reclogged and reintroduced six years, 10 years later? And of course, we're not talking about individual instances. We're talking about statistics and we could do a much better job. So 
looking at those numbers, I looked at myself and like, how do I get myself back into a place where I can take care of myself so that I can spread that information with most number of people? That was my starting place. So when you look at the job market from that perspective, the whole healthcare was on pause for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be at a place where people were going to be well. And in order to get there, how could I learn about it and be of use to destination resorts and spas? That became my interest and passion for the next several years. And that brought me over to the US to do a Master of Management in Hospitality, focusing on resorts. And when I graduated, it was middle of recession. So the only thing that was available was a summer consultancy gig in Tucson, Arizona, where I still am. (laughs) I want to backtrack for a minute because you admitted, you raised your hands and you said, you know, I would have been rolling my eyes. I would have thought that this woo-woo wellness thing is a bunch of BS. You're not alone, right? So I am forever curious why people resist it. What are your thoughts about all of this kind of hardcore go, 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 and I'm too tough for that? I mean, you even said it yourself. Your ego would have been intersecting and intersecting this opportunity. Mm. Why, do you, why do you think that we all feel like this is soft? <laughs> mm. So I think there's a distinction there. There is the wellness where over the last 20 years, we do now know about all of the physical wellness practices that now are hardcore evidence-based. So now the leading edge is about the spiritual wellness, right? So that's the part that I'm imagining you're saying what 20 20 years ago Aras would roll his eyes at. And are you referring to like meditation? Are you referring to... Where do you go in meditation? So where mm-hmm. do you make your decisions from? That's mm-hmm. what I'm referring to. Because that's at the core, like out of all of your being, you are here to, uh, in this limited time and limited days that you have in this world, you are to accomplish and achieve something in the world, in the physical world. And what is it that you would like to do with the limited time that you have? So the regular way of going about it, the ego way of going about it is because I have to care for myself, care for my family, and insert all the regular things that keep us doing in the treadmill that we're always doing, I have to do it otherwise. It's serious. Like nobody else will this will all go hell in a handbasket. And then there is the part that every once in a while says, hold on, why am I doing what I'm doing? So we can numb Mm -hmm. it, we can ignore it. Uh, People choose all kinds of ways to turn a blind eye towards it, yet it is always there. So I think the wellness piece that I'm talking about is centering. So you can meditate, but why do you meditate? Where does it take you to, in addition to performance enhancement, et cetera, et cetera? 
where does it take you to so that you can act from a place that you know that you are meant to be doing what you're doing? And this is one of the main reasons why I wanted you to come on the show today, because this is so foundational to what's happening at the Modern Elder Academy. And so what I would love for you to share is what is this thing called Modern Elder Academy? Who goes there? Why do they go there? (laughs) And what do they get in that process? Yeah, Modern Elder Academy is a midlife wisdom school. And we are also going by the acronym MEA. And uh, people go there to really connect with each other and with the evidence-based social sciences as well as age-old wisdom practices to really take a breather out of their usual cycle during a midlife transition. And uh, by midlife transition, it could be something that is professional or psychological, a phase of life like being an empty nester or divorce or about to get married or being a sandwich generation, caring for the aging parents while caring for the children. Whatever it is that uh, you are handling or two or three of them simultaneously, the founder of MEA, Chip Conley, when he was transitioning out of his illustrious career as a boutique hotel entrepreneur into becoming a mentor, which is both an intern and a mentor to a startup at the time called Airbnb. And uh, becoming their chief hospitality officer, this was the type of place that he had in mind. Like, what would I do uh, to really look at what is available to me while I'm being held and with people that are like-minded, like-hearted and can reflect back to me where I am. Because sometimes it is really hard to discern what we are processing from the several sounds and voices that are going on in our head at the same time. So let me give an example. The flow of a week at MEA, it starts by shedding your assumptions about midlife, and we define it as, as anywhere from your 30s all the way to your 70s is midlife because of the extending lifespan. And along with that comes the extending health span for many of us. So all of a sudden, there is this decade-long atrium that where in the past you had only one career availability, we are able to have two, three, four careers worth of our parents and grandparents' generation. So given that you are barely in the middle of your adulthood, in your 50s, what would you like to be? Who would you like to become for your second, third part of your adulthood? To uh, The main aim of MEA is to give that breather for mm. whoever shows up and hold them in hospitality and kindness. Mm. So in a second, we're going to get into some of the I guess you could call them tenants. You call them the six P's of midlife transitions. And the reason why I want to go through these is because I think that all of us have had a very singular definition 
around what midlife is. We attach it to a certain level of age, maybe sometimes, ooh, now I'm an empty nester or, you know, I am thinking about retirement. But I really love the way that these are described because I think, of course, there's many that overlap and there's also some of them that really shine or stand out depending on where you are within that span of what you've just defined as midlife. So the first one is, is called a personal transition. Mm-hmm. And so help us understand more specifically what would constitute a personal transition because everything's personal, right? <laughs> of course. Well, this is, this is the thing uh, where uh, you are changing a phase of life. It is uh, basically what you would receive a Hallmark card for. Congratulations on <laughs> like the last, last bird leaving the nest. Congratulations on your move like, or sympathy for divorce, sympathy for a... Oh, uh, I had a congratulations card on my divorce. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, th- most of the time it is to that point, right? Like we do celebrate the newness and the fresh start for both sides. So personal transitions are all about changing a sense of pace in life and what's mm-hmm. next for you. And it is totally up to each person to define it as what it is. But it usually, as I said, goes with the Hallmark card transition. Mm. The next one is physical transition. So this is like another midlife transition. And so I, give us some t- context around this one. Yeah, we usually are focusing on when women are uh, going through menopause, there's a lot of conversation and highlight of what that uh, can be and what that means. But similarly, uh, men are also going through hormonal changes. And uh, along with that comes a change of diet and needed uh, physical ability or cognitive health. Our phys. Um, uh, Cognitive skills go from more of a computational to a more crystallized. We're able to make connections better, even though mm. we're not able to calculate and recall and and mm. be as sharp as we used to be. We also simultaneously get to learn and imbibe what we have experienced into crystallized wisdom that we can apply to both our in- personal and professional lives. So we always are in physical transitions. There is not a single atom that is left in us from our seven years ago self. Yet we are this pattern of being that is constantly being made and remade and being distracted. And it is thanks to the, our physical body that we're able to really carry through whatever happens to us and we move along with those patterns. So physical transitions in midlife are as pronounced as any other time, but we are simply too busy to pay attention to them. <laughs> so one moment you, you see yourself as a grad student, and then the next moment that you take a breather, you see yourself as the graduation of your child or nephew or niece, and then have flashbacks, what, hap- what just happened? Like, mm. what am I looking at in the mirror now? I don't feel that way, but there he is or she is or they are looking back at me. 
So that's the physical transition. This is, that was so, I could so relate to that. Number three is psychological transitions. And I'm wondering, you know, how are these amplified in midlife as they, as compared to what they would be earlier in life? Well, simply by having collected more lived experience Mm. and also because when you are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you have parents who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s. And if you chose to have kids, they are getting to their own teenagehood, adulthood. So it's not that any other part of life is devoid of psychological transitions, but in this phase of life, in your 40s, 50s, 60s, they, hand, they tend to overlap. And they tend to overlap with the health incidents and accidents and uh, all the happenings of the world. I think the, um, the latest uh, word is adulting. Like This is the time that you're seriously adulting and are expected much of yourself and also like for you to show up both to yourself and your loved ones. So along with that comes all kinds of anxiety and depression. And if you are parting ways or uh, really trying to find a life partner, there is self-doubt, there is loneliness, there is anger at the world that didn't turn out what we hoped it would be, or anger towards ourselves. All of these emotions, they're always present, but they kind of culminate into this pressure cooker of a time until where we stop and deal with it and mm. find and find the balance within to move forward and address them. It's not to push them away. It is to process them and put them in context and acknowledge. And then you can move forward with a more assured next step. Mm. Oh, thank you for that one. Because again, I think that we all have a latent understanding of what these are, but putting them into these categories, I find to be so helpful and just clarifying. So the first one, personal transitions, the Hallmark card. The second one was physical transitions, things related to your body, hormones, changes, psychological transitions. I like the way you framed it. The culmination of all these things kind of coming together, a weightiness perhaps. Mm-hmm. Number four is is pandemic and passing transitions. So yeah, like that it, one. It used to be passing transitions when pandemic hit. It was the perfect example of a passing transition where that's when we brush with the transitory nature of life. It could be facing our mortality because of a loved one passing, or it could be a, a diagnosis that we have received. Or it could be about a national emergency or a global emergency, whether it's climate or whether it is war or you name it. These are our understanding of we are not here forever mm-hmm. and we are not going to have the opportunity to act on the things that we can forever. Mm-hmm. So with that recognition comes a transition of our understanding of how we are in the world. And this is optional. 
right? It doesn't happen to everyone. You can live a life of head in sand as an ostrich. And you, so growing old happens to everyone, but growing wise does not. It's a choice. Oh, ooh, I just got the good chills. Yeah, that's where, that's the motto of MEA. And when we come together, we really are able to share the wisdom with each other. It's not taught, it is shared. That's why we gather together in groups of 20, 25 people. We hold a circle and there's no advice given. There's only life sharing because in that size of a group, there's always lived experience that is containing the cumulative wisdom of all the, all the traditions and ancestry that we have. So the next one, number five, is one that is very near and dear to my heart. And mm -hmm. this one is professional transitions. And so if you could just speak out on this, I certainly don't want to weigh in because this is an area that I would appreciate some objectivity because I'm so deeply marinated in it. I would love to hear some of the things that are part of that umbrella called professional transitions and what is happening to those who come there for that specific reason. Yeah, this is a great one, right? When uh, we are nearing retirement or we are contemplating a change of career or we are laid off based on the economy or the needs of any business or we are contemplating starting a new business. It is always again and again the same thing. It's a new beginning and new beginnings are scary and new beginnings are exciting and they are hard work. So how to find the spark, the umph, to continue where we are choosing to go and recognizing that no matter where we are going, we're choosing it ourselves. And we have the choice to learn from the next experience, whether it is a retirement, how do we make it most fulfilling of a life experience as we would like it to be? What are the options? So this is where our guest faculty comes in and helps us a lot. And uh, we have specific career-related workshops where we highlight our guest faculty, like yourself, Lauren, who uh, are experts in this arena. But then the wisdom practices uh, that are available to us, uh, I mentioned the mindset management about midlife or appreciative inquiry, active listening, active listening to ourselves. How do we make that in? that professional transition into a purpose transition, which is the sixth P, yes. right? And, Those and two are like really, really, really tightly, um, tightly interwoven. Woven. Yeah, and, and you could make the, you can make the argument that everything is tightly interwoven into each other. Like we do not live in separate bubbles, uh, but, in the necessity of language, we have to talk linearly about things and put titles and verbs and nouns on things so that we're able to communicate with each other. So purpose transitions are about if you are, in a way, coming to the last third of your life in however you define it, it is about finding legacy. I am what survives me. What would I like mm. to survive me? Not only on the material sense, but also 
from a cultural, from an intellectual, spiritual sense for the people that I served across my life and for my loved ones. And then it is also about a spiritual connection. And that connection doesn't have to be with the divine necessarily. It, it is looking within, looking at nature, looking at the uh, community that is around you and asking the question, do I feel connected? Do I feel mm. connected today? And what can I do to cultivate that connection? And usually that comes with a inspiration to look deeper uh, and, and uh, also see the divine in everyone. But we are, that's not what MEA is about. MEA is about cultivating connections and togetherness in whichever shape and form and letting the, the individual move back to their life with that spark of awareness and see what happens. Mm. This is so rich and there's so much here. I just want to encourage everyone who is listening, please go check out MEA. It's going to be in the show notes. Sign up for their newsletter. It's incredible. And so is the ebook. I love the ebook. And that's called, it has a great title. It's called The Anatomy of a Transition. And I think it's super powerful because it helps you to understand like what, what these things really mean. And I especially love the whole squiggly lines and the beginning and the middle of the end and all of these pieces that we, I think, have a very unclear understanding of because it's never really been fully broken down. And so I want to say thank you, of course, for all the work that you've done. And what I am going to turn this over to is our signature questions. And so I'm curious for those who are listening and want to learn more about what it is to go through any kind of midlife whether it be a transition or just evolution, is there a particular book or something that you would recommend if you wanted to learn more about this that you have found to be particularly helpful? Uh, <laughs> this is uncanny timing that you're asking this question. Chip Conley, the founder of MEA, has uh, just announced his upcoming book. It's called Learning to Love Midlife, and it's coming up in January. January. Yeah. So look it up. It will be in the show I notes. Pre ordered. Well. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the perfect way to go about it. Uh, if you're not able to find your way to a physical location of MEA, which will be opening in Santa Fe next year and currently in Baja, Mexico, we also offer many MEA online courses, both on purpose as well as on midlife transitions. So uh, check out, like you could uh, get as a few drops of insight or you could just jump in and dive deep and come play with us. Terrific. Now what I want to ask you for is the post-it that people coming out of this episode or something that you want to leave as, let's just say, a career blast and a half legacy that we could put on our desktop or someplace nearby that is a good reminder of some of the things that you've talked about here. Uh, this one is very alive for me, so I'll, I'll share it. It's from Ramdas. Remember that at the end of the day, we're all walking each other home. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. And the last question is, Aras, what is your walk-up song? What is my walk-up song? Could you define that for me? What is sure. a walk-up song? A walk-up song is a song that sometimes they play if you're heading up on stage and it's like, every, you know, it's like the pump me up song or sometimes, you know, basketball players have a walk-up song when they're about to get on the court. Some signature tune that gets you going. Uh, yeah, we are family. <laughs> mm, good choice, Pointer yeah. Sisters. Yep. That's great. That's fantastic. Aras, you and I will be connecting over many, many, many opportunities. I can promise you that. And I am so grateful for all that you have done for me, the introductions, the time. Aras was on the other end of my calls when I was moving. And um, <laughs> you made me laugh and just helped me to keep smiling. And your mission is clear. And I see. And I feel that you are here to help so many people and I'm excited for all to come. So thank you so much. If you guys have not yet subscribed, go do that. Please also, my goodness, I get so many calls saying, I love your podcast. Well, do me a solid. Put a rating there, put a review there and pay it forward. I would really appreciate that. And not only that, you're helping everyone else who is struggling with stinky career advice, find out some new things. So thank you so much and have a great rest of your day, everybody. Signing off for now. Thank you, Lauren. Take care. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools, not tomorrow, right now, and share them by spreading the love leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.